would you want to watch it? If your life was a television show, would you want to stream it? If it was a novel, would you want to read it? Over the past several weeks, we've been talking about how what makes a good story also makes a good life. And so what does make a good story? A good story is a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Pretty much every story that you love follows this formula. Think about the Wizard of Oz. What does Dorothy want? She wants to go home. What does she have to do to go home? She has to overcome the Wicked Witch to do that. Who's after her ruby red slippers, right? Indiana Jones wants what? The, the Ark of the Covenant has to overcome the Nazis to get that, right? Every major story follows this. As we think about our lives then, what does that look like? So first of all, it's about a character, right? We're the main character in the story of our life. What kind of a character are you? When we look at characters that we love in film and in novels and uh, on television, characters we, we fall in love with because they change. Uh, we identify with them and they start one place and they end up somewhere else. They're always different at the end. They grow, transformation happens. And so in your life, how have you transformed? How has God helped you to grow in your life? Spiritually, emotionally, relationally, professionally, what does it look like? Where did you start? Where are you going? And where are you on that journey? A character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. So we're the main characters of our stories. What is it in life that we want? Because really what we aspire to, our aspirations, really shape the stories that we write. What we want in life, it affects what we do and how we live our lives. So what we want becomes the stories that we write with our lives. If, if we want to be popular, then we're going to pay attention to what other people think about us, and we're going to cater to them, and that's the kind of a story that we're going to write. If we want to be the best parent in the world, then we're going to write a story that allows us to do that. So in your life, what kind of character are you and what kind of a story are you writing? What do you want? We wrestle with the question, do we want the right things in life? Because sometimes the world tells us that this is what we want and need, but we're going down the wrong path, right? And what do we want, and how does that compare with what God wants for us in our lives, right? And so a character who wants something, what do you want from life, right? What does God want for you in your life? God wants you to write an amazing and an epic story and to be a part of that. So a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. This is the hard part, right? We love watching people in movies and on television overcome conflict, right? Fight the bad guys, you know, best the rival for the, the romantic relationship, whatever it is. But when it comes to our own lives, that's where we get shy. And we wanna have great things in life, but we don't wanna go through the hard parts to get there. But all good things, all great things involve some kind of obstacle, some kind of conflict. If we want to run an ethical business in the world today, we're going to hit a lot of conflict. If we want to raise a family that loves God, then we're going to come into a lot of content, right? So in our lives, you're the main character of your life. What do you want and what conflict are you willing to overcome to get that, right? I want to add one new question to that today, uh, and that is this. If the church's story were a movie, would we want to watch that? If the church's story was a novel, would we read it? If the church's story was a television show, would we want to binge watch that? I'm talking about the church in general and also South Park Church. What is our story? What, what has God given us to do and how are we living into that, right? Is our story a boring story? Is our story a, a fear-filled story? Is our story a, a, a drama story? What kind of a story does God want us to live out in our own lives? And we're gonna really think about and wrestle with that today because today's a special day in the life of the church. It's, it's the birthday of the church. Today is Pentecost Sunday. 
uh, we celebrate today the very beginnings of the church. And we're going to look at that uh, today in some of what we're doing. Before we get there, though, I just want to tell you, this past week, my son Nathan, who's nine years old, and I were in the car. It was actually a couple weeks ago going home from church, and we were listening to the radio, and they had a survey on the radio, and this was the question, which was really a fun one for a nine-year-old and, and his dad. And the question was this, right? If you were to get into a fight with an animal, which animal could you beat up, okay? Which animal could you beat up with your fist? You, you can't have weapons. You can't have anything like that. If you were to get in a fight with an animal, which animal could you beat up? And, and we're not advocating animal violence, right? This is just a funny question. And so Nathan and I decided to, to, to go the conservative route. We think we could beat up an earthworm. Uh, we thought we could beat up a goldfish, probably a caterpillar, maybe a fly if you could catch a fly, right? That's kind of the animals that we were thinking about. Well, at the end of the segment, they, they said what other people were calling in saying that they could beat up. And would you be surprised that some people said, well, I can beat up a grizzly bear. Others said, well, I can beat up a lion. And others said that they could beat up an elephant, right? And those were legitimate answers that people were giving for this survey about beating up animals. And again, we don't advocate animal violence. We love animals. But in this survey, right, when you hear that, surely some of them were joking. You know, it's just, let's make fun of the survey. But you know that there's somebody out there thinking, I can really take the grizzly bear. Or I can take down the lion. Or yeah, the elephant's kind of big, can step on me. But I got this, right? Right? There's somebody out there who has the audacity and the boldness to say, bring it on, Smokey the Bear, right? I'm ready to go, right? As I think about the early church when it first started out, I think that's the kind of people that were starting the church, right? It was dangerous to be a Christian. It, it was a challenging time to be a Christian. And, and yet these people who started the church Right? They stood up and they did miraculous things and they were bold and they were audacious and they would have wrestled grizzly bears and they would have wrestled elephants and they would have wrestled lions. They'd have done whatever it took to share the good news of Jesus with people. That's the kind of church that we came from. And so we're gonna look at that today. And we need to kind of understand what's happened. Jesus has just been executed. The religious leaders of his day talked the Roman government into killing him. They nailed him to a cross and he's been dead and he's been resurrected by God. And as the miracles happen, he's appeared to the other disciples. He's gotten them together, given them instructions to go out and share the gospel with all the whole known world. And then he ascends into heaven. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the part of God that's with us now, that empowers us and leads us. And we're gonna go back to the early beginnings when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to the church. And we're gonna see just an amazing story about the church. So we pick up the story now. Jesus has gone back into heaven. The disciples have picked a 12th disciple to replace Judas. Uh, there's a bunch of people who are in town because of this big festival in the Jewish uh, religious tradition called Pentecost. And this is where we start with Acts chapter two. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were seated. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, the disciples. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven coming in town for the big festival. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment 
because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, right? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language, right? Aren't these the redneck hicks from up north who fish all the time? How can they speak all of our languages? We don't understand that. What's going on? Something's going on here today. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, from all over the world we're talking about here, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine, <laughs> right? So the disciples have the Holy Spirit come upon them. They begin to speak in other languages that they, they haven't been trained in. And so all these people are hearing them talk about Jesus, right? Which is either the Holy Spirit's doing that or really they were drinking too much and they were drunk. That's what some people thought they were doing. They were just, these people have been drinking too much, Fred. They're just out of their mind, right? What's going on? So Peter, who's like the leader of the disciples, stands up and he begins to tell people about who Jesus is. That Jesus came to die on a cross and to come back to life so that we can be forgiven of the wrong things that we do. We can live a life that is full on the earth and we can live forever in the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus did. And Peter says this to the crowd and this is what happens after that because the Holy Spirit is with Peter. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day, right? So the Spirit was working through Peter. 3,000 people started the church. The church of Christ is born on Pentecost. And then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the fear of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So it wasn't just 3,000 people, right? People just all the time kept coming to the Lord. And, and they'd meet together, they'd, they'd read scripture, they'd pray, they'd sing, they'd, they'd eat together. Uh, and they even sold all that they had if they needed to. If somebody was sick or hurting or needed something, right? The, the community took care of each other. Now, that sounds cool. It's awesome. But what's bold about that? You've got to remember the people that had Jesus killed are still in power. And so it's dangerous for the early disciples to be doing this. In fact, the, the leaders come up to them and say, stop talking about Jesus. Stop doing stuff in the name of Jesus. And the disciples just look at them and say, absolutely not. We can't stop. We cannot help ourselves. You got to do what you got to do. We're not stopping, right? So they threw them in jail. They killed some of them. Then the Holy Spirit let them out of jail in all these amazing ways. Man, read the book of Acts. It's amazing. They healed people. They brought people back from the dead, right? It was, it was amazing. It was awesome. Some of them died, right? And so... This movement of God was so contagious and so on fire that they defied all of the conflict that was coming, right? And so we think about a story. Here, here's the story, right? The church wanted to lead people to Jesus and overcame conflict to do so, right? The church wanted to lead people to Jesus. They stood up to the people that killed Jesus, right? They overcame the conflict. Some of them sacrificed their lives. They performed miracles, right? And thousands upon thousands of people came to Jesus, right? The church 
wanted to lead people to Jesus and overcame conflict to do so, right? And today we celebrate that, right? 2,000 plus years later, here we are in a Christian church, and the Christian church is all over the world today celebrating Pentecost because these early disciples were so full of the Holy Spirit and so full of being bold for Jesus that they let nothing stand in their way. They said, this is our story. It's the greatest story ever told, and we're gonna share that with as many people as possible. And they did whatever they needed to do to do that. And so we celebrate the great story of Jesus Christ, the greatest story ever told, perpetuated by people like you and me who simply opened themselves to God. And today, as we think about, wow, what a story that was, wouldn't that be cool to see all that today? I think things like that still are happening. And I think about our church, about South Park Church, and how we're a 55-year-old church, and, and we still have some of the same DNA that the early disciples have. Like, we want to reach people for Jesus, and we're willing to do whatever it takes, right? We believe the same as these early disciples, and we're willing to do whatever it takes, internal conflict, external conflict, right? We want to share the love of Christ with everyone so that everyone can live life to the full in Jesus, and so some of the characteristics of who we are as a congregation over 55 years, I think are worth celebrating today and giving thanks to God for the way that God is moving in the midst of our church, in the midst of the world right now, right? We're a church that we, we just wanna do life together. We wanna love and take care of each other. We wanna be open to whoever wants to come and be a part of our church family. And we celebrate the great things that happen in life. We celebrate the births and the baptisms, and the engagements, and the weddings, and the graduations, and, and all that good stuff, the, uh, just all the good things that happen in life, the getting the job, getting the promotion, all those fun things, getting good grades in school, making the sports team, getting into your college, or your all that stuff, we have fun, and we celebrate, and we share life together. And by the same token, when things in life don't go well, or, or they're challenging, or hard, or devastating, we're there to be with each other through that as well, right? When you don't make the team, when you make the F in school, when you lose your job, when you don't get into the college of your choice, when, when your family breaks up, when someone goes through a divorce, when someone gets sick, when someone even dies and separates from the rest of us, right? We're there to share life together. That's the beauty of the church, right? We're a family of God. We're a church family, we're, but we're not like a, a club that keeps people out. We're open for anyone to come and be a part of that. And our church is passionate about helping people. It's about feeding hungry people. We feed hungry people here in Charlotte through the men's shelter. We go there each month to do that. We, we have these meal packing events where we partner with groups uh, like Stop Hunger Now and all kinds of things where uh, we end hunger, right? One year we packed over 100,000 meals. We joined with a bunch of other churches to do that. It's just, it's fun to get together. We send meals all over the world and we celebrate that. We partner with a couple of different refugee ministries here in town for people who are having to escape from their homeland to America or, or come to America looking for a job or an opportunity and they, and they come into Charlotte and, and it's a different culture, it's a different experience and we need someone to help walk them through that and translate that. Like we support ministries that do that and, and it, it helps to change lives. We have built house after house for Habitat for Humanity so that people can have a home and not be homeless. I don't, I don't even know the number of houses that we've built over 55 years, but you, you can go by and see those homes. And we, we partner with folks uptown to, to get people off the streets and out of homelessness into ongoing housing, and we, we celebrate that. 
We've helped to launch a, a couple of different congregations, one in Asheville, North Carolina, and one in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, that specifically are in ministry with people who are in poverty and battling addiction to drugs and alcohol. And we've helped them launch multiple campuses. We've helped them launch a medical clinic, a free medical clinic where the community can come and get free medical advice and, and treatment. Right? And it's been an honor to do that. Right? We've partnered with Justice Ministries here in Charlotte to help rescue people who are enslaved uh, to human trafficking, who are human trafficked here in Charlotte. Charlotte's first in North Carolina in the top 10 in the nation in human trafficking. It's not a statistic that we're proud of, right? But we're doing our part to fight that, right? And we've helped Justice Ministries rescue hundreds of, of women and children out of the slave trade in our city. And not just rescue them, but to get them into a safe house to where they can process what's happened to them and get them back up on their feet and get them employed, right? And so that's a powerful ministry that you are making possible, and that's changing real lives, right? We've also have a partner with some people in our state and in our nation, right, to help erase some medical debt. In fact, we helped forgive over four and a half million dollars of medical debt for people in poverty living in the Appalachian region of America, right? How could a church our size do that through the power of the Holy Spirit and the generosity of some partners who had some matching funds for us? But just think of all the people who couldn't get out from the underneath the crushing medical debt that they have, that it was, it was wiped away, right? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit and your generosity. We, we have a, a relationship down in, in Bayonne, Haiti, right? The poorest country in this hemisphere where we sponsor a Christian school, and a Christian church where a couple thousand kids go to school every day. And it's the only hot meal that most of these kids get. A lot of them walk one, two, three miles to school and back home. And not only that, but we teach them about the love of Jesus. In Haiti, voodoo is like the biggest religious following. And so with witch doctors and stuff, and we come in and we talk about who Jesus is. We also were able to bring clean water into some communities in Haiti, which has saved lives, right? People in the same river, their animals are bathing there. People are bathing there. They're washing their clothes there. They're washing their bodies there and their, and their uh, kitchen utensils there. And they're also getting water to drink from that, right? Not anymore. Not in the communities that we're working with because we're able to bring them clean water because of the power of the Holy Spirit and because of your generosity, right? The same Holy Spirit that moved in the first church in Pentecost is still with us, using us to make a difference in the lives of people, past eight years, we've been dreaming big to, to relaunch our church as uh, our community has changed around us from the Sharon community into the South Park community. And we had fallen behind and we wanted to catch up. And some of what we did, we've changed our name. We've changed our leadership structure. We changed our staffing model. We tore down our building of 50 years where we were baptized and married and gone to Sunday school and youth group and had potluck suppers with lots of fried chicken uh, where we said goodbye to people when they died at funerals. We tore that building down, right, to rebuild this campus so we can reach more people for Jesus. And now there are apartments here. There's a hotel here. There are restaurants here. There's gonna be a fitness center here. There's gonna be medical groups here. There's gonna be businesses here, right, and with the church in the middle so that we can be good friends and neighbors and share the love of Jesus. And in the midst of this, the pandemic came and we've had an opportunity to expand our ministry beyond just our physical campus, but also to uh, the online world. And we wanna thank all of you who are watching and are part of our church because we value you. You're a huge part of our congregation and we want you to let us know how can we better serve you? How can we better connect to you? Uh, so please, you know, let us know, reach out to us, contact us, shoot us an email, put something in the chat. Like we, we love and appreciate you. And so... 
in the past 55 years, we've done our best to be like the early church in the first century. I wanna thank you for that. I wanna celebrate what God is doing because we're, we're really also just getting started. And so the, I think a big question is, what's next for us as a church? What's the next chapter for us? What's, what's the next volume in our story? And it's an exciting time to be here because I think God's stirring some new things up, not just for us, but for all Christian churches because coming out of the pandemic, I don't think that America's gonna go back to how it was exactly. We just can't. The pandemic's changed everything. It's nice seeing all your faces today and hearing you sing, and it feels a little bit more like normal, and that's awesome. And I've been tearing up in both services just seeing people and hearing them sing, and that's awesome. And you're tearing up when you hear me sing because it's terrible, but uh, (laughs) it's good, right? But it's still gonna be a little different. And part of that is we've got people who are with us online, and we we don't want it just to be a flash in the pan. And so as we think about what's next for our church, I'd love for you to dream with us. We don't have it all figured out, but what we're going to be doing with the leadership team and our staff is we're going to be asking some questions, right, around the letter R. We heard this from Andy Stanley down in Atlanta. I think this is great. We're going to ask ourselves, what do we need to retain? What do we need to keep doing in our ministry that's working, that, that's helping people? And so we'd love to hear what you think about that. What do we need to keep doing? What do we need to retain? What do we need to release, right? Maybe it's something we've, we've been doing and it's, the season is gone and we need to let go of that. Maybe it's something that came up in the pandemic that worked in the pandemic only and now we need to, to let that go. What do we need to release? And then the third R is rethink. What, what is ministry gonna look like in the 21st century post-pandemic moving forward? I think it's, it's, there's gonna be some things that are the same and some things are gonna be different and we really need to start dreaming and thinking about that. And so it's not just the leadership, it's not just me. I think God speaks to all of you. Right? So I'd love to hear what you're hearing from God. Right? You can talk to us in person. You can email us, call us, message us. We, we would love to hear what you're hearing from God because we're in this together. And it's an exciting chapter in the life of the American church, the Christian church, and also South Park Church here. Uh, and I do think that it's gonna be twofold. I think it's, it's gonna be online. Right? We really wanna expand our ministries online and also it's gonna be in person as well. And just... Pastor Lindsay, just she's awesome, isn't she? Let's give God some thanks for Pastor Lindsay. She blew my mind a couple of weeks ago. With she went to be with some of her friends and uh, fellow graduates from her seminary and some of her professors, and they're talking about you know being the church in the world, especially in the digital world. Uh, and there's this well, there's a website called Second Life. Maybe you've heard of it. I had not heard of it, but you can go to this website called Second Life, and you can literally live a second life. Right? You can go on there and you can get an avatar, like an electronic avatar. So you, you're on there and you look like a, a real person, but it's, you know, it's electronic. So you can get some better muscles, some six-pack abs. I don't know. You can be who you want to be on there. But you can live an online life. You can have social connections. You can play games. You can get a job. Right? You, can, you can exist in the Internet. You can even go to church on Second Life. They have like virtual churches and like, and like churches like us are, are meeting in person and then they're streaming their services into a virtual screen on a virtual church. You got virtual avatars of people sitting in their homes or wherever they are worshiping virtually. And uh, Lindsay met somebody who does this and he actually was baptized electronically in a virtual church. And Lindsay's like, tell me more about that. Like, like, how does that work? Because you can't really get wet with the baptism of giving your life to Jesus. And why wouldn't you want to come into a, a church in person and be baptized and have your friends and family there? And this was the guy's answer. 
right? And, and, and he's legit, like straight out, like this, he considers this his baptism. He follows Jesus. This is his church. And he said, hey, look, I know it sounds a little different, but I'm a, a long distance trucker. I'm kind of alone in person, in, in physically in person. And my best friends are online. And second life is where my, a lot of my life is. And that's where I worship. And that's where they could attend. They live all over the world. And they were all at my baptism. They were all there. This is my group. This is my community. And it's real. Uh, and that's the way he follows Jesus. I'm like, wow, right? I would have never thought of that, right? It, it, you begin to ask, well, what's real, what's not? Anybody ever seen the movie uh, Ready Player One or read the book? Um, got a picture there. There's a Ready Player Two now. Anyway, uh, these people in, live in the, they have a, a real world life here. They have a digital experience of life, right? And I know for some of us, we're thinking about that like we, we just having a hard time understanding that, right? How can that be real? How can that be church? I'm just not relating to that. But I'm guessing that some of you are watching online or some of you are, are present in here and you're like, well, I can relate to that. I have a lot of friends online. I do a lot of stuff online. And I think that I'm real there just as I'm real here. And maybe it's something that we need to look into. I'm, I'm not sure, right? But I, I think about the early church and the early disciples. What did they do? They went where people were and they spoke in people's languages that they could understand. And I think the internet is a, is a new place. Well, not a new place. It's a real place. And there's a language that we need to learn how to speak. If we can reach people for Jesus on the internet, I think we need to learn how to do that. And so I don't have the answers. I'm not saying that we start a digital church or start doing digital baptisms, but I think it's something we need to consider. Think about where people are and how can we share the love of Jesus with them. At the same time, also excited about being together in person. It really is awesome to have all of you in the room today and to see you uh, and for us to look out the windows here and see the apartments and the hotel and the restaurants and the shops and all that kind of stuff because this is what we've been working towards for eight years, right? We want to be good neighbors. Just like when the, the U.S. started, right? The first thing they did, they built a church and they built the, the community around it, right? We're here. We got all this stuff around us. And our goal is to meet people and to make friends. And it's a lot of fun, right? Because, you know, one neat thing, like the hottest restaurant in Charlotte right now, State 48, is literally across the street, right? We could be in worse churches, <laughs> worse locations uh, than that. Now, you got to wait like two months to get in there. But anyway, right, we got... We've we got a nail salon here. We've got a, a salad place. We've got a Tiff's Treats. They, they serve all these cookies and stuff. So you need to eat the salad so you can eat the cookies. Uh, we've got a hotel coming. We've got all these apartments. And it's really fun. We're starting to have relationships with the businesses here. Uh, some of the apartments are, are leased, and we're beginning to meet people coming to worship. We're trying to, to connect with them. And it's just it's, it's really fun to have a mission field. And this is going to be our main mission field, right? This Apex South Park development as well as our online community is going to be awesome. We even have an art gallery. I don't know if you guys saw it. If you guys want to go on your way out, go to the second floor. Uh, it's just we've got a small art gallery and we're partnering with a light factory here in Charlotte. Uh, and every couple of months, we're going to have different artists who put their work up there and we're going to hang out with them. And it, it gets to know people in a fun way. And we're super excited about that space. Uh, in fact, some other folks around Charlotte who are big into the arts have got wind of this and they want to come and talk about possibly partnering with us. Big names like Blumenthal, Mint, stuff like that. We're super excited to begin to explore what we can do. And without, you know, uh, pretty much everybody who comes in here who's an artist or whatever is like, this is super cool. In a church? Like, Wow, we didn't know the church cared about the art world or whatever. We do. And so we're just excited to be this intersection where church and community come together. And so this is just the beginning 
of something awesome. So what? What's the point today? What's the big idea? As we think about what's the, the next story, the new part of our story uh, here at South Park Church, I think it's this, right? The new story is the old story, right? As we think about reaching people in the digital world, as we think about reaching people here at South Park, right? The new story is the old story. It's the story of Jesus, right? We wanna share the story of Jesus, right? It's the same story, but we just changed the way that we do that. The new story is the old story. Another way to think about it is this, right? The church wants to lead people to Jesus and overcomes conflict to do so, right? All throughout history, uh, we've had to do this. Another way of looking at that uh, is this. We exist to lead people to Jesus and we'll do whatever it takes, right? We exist to lead people to Jesus and we'll do whatever it takes. If that means that we're going to buy a new Haiti, if it means we're picking up a hammer with a Habitat house, if it means we're knocking down our building, if it means that we're going over eating cookies with Tiff's treats, right? Twist my arm, right? We will do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus, just like the early church. So this is what I wanna ask you to do. I wanna ask you to do two things this week I hope you can do this, right? The first thing is give a high five, right, to Apex South Park. That's the group here, the hotel, the apartments, all that kind of stuff. And what I mean by high five is when you walk out today, I want you to identify five apartments or five businesses or two apartments and three businesses, and I want you to pray for those spaces. I want you to say, dear God, thank you for putting us here. Let us be good neighbors. We pray for those people who are gonna be moving in or who are gonna be serving or working here. Help us to be good neighbors to them. Help us to become good friends. Help us to share the love of Jesus with them. And I want you to imagine men and women and children. I want you to imagine black, white, young, old, right? And every time that you're physically on campus, I would challenge you to do that, right? High five, right? Five spots. Next week, pick different five, right? And pray for those apartments. Pray for the business. If the businesses are open, go and meet people. Eat there, right? That's why we're here is to interact with people, right? If you're watching online, you can't be here. We got a picture of some of the apartments. Just invite you to pick out five, right? Pray for these five apartments that we will reach people for Jesus, okay? So high five to Apex South Park. Now, we got another hand, right? So I wanna do another high five, right? We wanna give a high five to South Park Online, to all the people who are watching us online, who are worshiping with us online now and those in the future who are gonna be worshiping with us. I want you to pray for five people. I want you to envision men and women and children, young and old, black, white, whatever, right? And say, God, thank you for the people that are connecting with us online. God, thank you for the people who are yet to connect with us online, but will, right? For those people who like live online, right? And they have their community and family online. How can we share the love of Jesus with those online, right? So high five for Apex South Park, high five for South Park online, right? Because in the end, what? We're all stories, right? And all of our stories are incomplete until we have a relationship with Jesus. Right? We talk about life to the full. We can live lives that have full parts, but unless we have Jesus in our lives, there's gonna be something empty, life to the empty, right? And, and, and the people that I'm asking you to pray for need the love of Jesus. They need the gospel of Christ, right? Because at South Park Church, right, we want to lead people to Jesus and we'll do whatever it takes to do so, right? We wanna lead people to Jesus and we will do whatever it takes to do so, right? So high five, South Park, Apex South Park, high five, South Park Online, right? You know, we start out the story by saying, if your life was a movie, would you wanna watch it? Right? Certainly there's parts of our lives that we would wanna watch. And there's parts of our lives that we don't want anybody to see. There's parts of our lives we wanna forget ever happened. And there's parts of our lives that we're ashamed of. But here's the thing, God watches every part of your life, every part of your story, 
and God loves you. And God has plans for you and God wants to be a part of your story. God wants you to invite God into your story and that will make your story complete. That will make your story epic. And there are a lot of people that are gonna be living here. There are a lot of people who are online who also have those same feelings. We're ashamed of our stories. We're ashamed of our movies. And yet God loves you so much that he died for you on the cross and came back to life to give you life to the full. Brothers and sisters, your life is a story. What do you want? What are you willing to overcome to get that? And know in your hearts that God is watching your story and is waiting for you to invite him in. So think about this and give God thanks on this Pentecost Sunday in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.